Saving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we are going to tell you the truth. We're going to give you the facts. Because we want you to be better informed in order to help make this a better USA. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie. Welcome. Hey, Herman. Good to hear you today. Thank you, sir. Paris attacks still driving a lot of comments from GOP candidates. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. I was just trying to bring up, can't find it, of course, right, right when I need it. Uh, Marco Rubio is putting out his first national TV ad, and it is all about terrorism. He mentions Paris in there. And, yes. you know, uh, look, uh, terrorism is certainly a national security has been something that Rubio talks about. But you'd have to think, uh, Herman, and this is not meant as an attack. I think it's just the, the, the God's honest truth. If, if he'd released this ad, say, three weeks ago, I don't think it would have been focused on terrorism. It would have been looking at something. Else, And so it's a reminder of how issues pop up during uh, the year and over the next uh, while heading into the, the primaries and the caucuses, how these races sometimes will take a detour from uh, issues that we've been talking about to something else. And certainly now the issue of terrorism and national security and, and uh, the Islamic State, al-Qaeda and more, this has jumped up as a, as a big issue that's there not only for the Republicans but for the Democrats as well. You know, again, talking about the trends that we see in the polls, we've had a few polls come out in recent days that show, I, I, I think it shows we had that little spurt by Ben Carson where he was suddenly ahead of Trump in a, in nationally in a number of states. Right. That seems to have come back a little for Carson. Yes. He's dropped in the latest round, while Trump has bumped up a little, and then you still got more from Rubio and Ted Cruz, who are bubbling up into that third and fourth very strongly, and we're not seeing anybody else. Jeb Bush has not turned around or anything like that, so we're not seeing a run from anybody else at this point in time. I know it's early. I hate to talk about polls, but I do think it's interesting just to see where the, the trends are. And I think we've firmly established that we've got sort of this one, two, three, four with uh, Trump, Carson, and then Rubio Cruz. I just detect among people here in D.C. people wondering about Carson. And he's had sort of an up and down last 10 days or so. And whether or not, um, uh, you know, th this downward slide continues for him. There, I saw an article over the weekend about how some of the evangelicals are starting to switch over from Carson to Cruz in Iowa. I think Cruz is one to watch in Iowa, definitely. Uh, I think he's got still a lot of upside and a lot of organization there. But you're right, Herman, national security, suddenly the big thing right now. I don't know that it'll stay there the whole time until next November, but certainly even uh, there are differences on it, even within Republican ranks. Well, I do know that campaign staffs look for these opportunistic topics sure. to get something out there. And because, you know, you can cut a commercial literally in less than a day. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, they, look, they jump on it. There's no question about it as to why he probably jumped on terrorism. And if another one gets hot... Expect somebody else to do the same thing. They have oh, yeah. rap, they have they have their teams ready to jump on that stuff. No, nope. absolutely. And and yep. look, it, it makes sense at times if if you're ready. I mean, uh, uh, why not uh, uh, get ready and get something out like that right away? Because certainly, if you can use it to your advantage and you can bring 
something out there, uh, it makes all the sense in the world. And you know, look, uh, we're we're still. I think everybody's still trying to figure out exactly what the big issue is going to be. Now, Trump over the weekend, it was really interesting watching him because he had uh, these couple different things where he was sort of fighting with the news media. He talked about you know this Muslim database story. Uh, he tweeted out some graphic uh, last. I think it was last night about crime in America by Black Americans. The, it, it looks more like maybe uh, the source of that is a government agency that does not exist. And then he got into this whole folder all over what some say is an urban legend about Muslims celebrating the destruction of the Twin Towers. You know, Trump says he saw it on TV. Everybody looks around and says there's no video footage of it. Uh, again, I'm going to go back to a point I've made about Trump before. I find him fascinating on the politician slash PR level, Herman. And that is, I have always thought that this approach would work really well. And that is when a reporter says, well, Mr. Trump, you said X and it, that didn't really happen. Yes, it did. Next question. And the reporters <laughs> look around and sort of say, but Mr. Trump, this yes, it did. Next question. I saw it. And you're sort of left in this moment as a reporter. Well, what more do you have to do? And I think it's I really think that it's a it's a strategy that can be used by politicians you know, to to sort of spar with the news media instead of the equivocating, you know, think about sometimes you get the mealy mouth kind of response from a politician and they're under fire and everything like that. You don't see many people who try to own the press corps. And, and, and again, uh, but Mr. Trump, uh, you know, this didn't. Yes, it did. Next question. But, well, what about this? You, you know, this. Uh, yes, it did. And I really think that that can now can it work all the time? I'm not so sure about that. But I find it to be a really interesting technique that Trump uses and uses very well. Well, the thing about it, Jamie, that with respect to this whole thing about, uh, you know, some Muslims celebrating after 9-11, he, he pushed back because I saw it on TV. We had a caller on the show who said he was living in the area and he saw it. So See, the what thing happens is nobody is, can find any any video evidence of that. You would think that there would be a news story or something like that out there about that. And you can't find anything in the in the print archives. Now, obviously, 9/11 was at a different time. Now, we'd have 18 million cameras taking pictures and everything yep. like that. Not everybody had the advanced uh, uh, phones at that point in time. We were all stuck mainly with flip phones at that point in time. But still you would think there would be somewhere even some still photographs that aren't there uh, and it, it just it raises interesting points about how you deal with it when you come under fire from the news media you know Trump at times does complain about his treatment but not often what he does more than anything else is he goes on the offensive against the press I'm not saying demonizing him but pushing right. back against them and I still think that that's that's sort of a difference between him and Ben Carson that I think has really been magnified over these last two weeks what you right he does go on the offensive because and I've seen it, and you've, you've seen it, and candidates have seen it. A reporter, sometimes, they would come in and they would make a statement as if it's fact because they picked it up from somewhere, and that shouldn't be the starting point. Now, just because they can't find the footage doesn't mean that it didn't happen. But that is the assumption that they want a lot of people to make. Uh, there's also, I saw an article very briefly about there still, the title of the article was Secretive GOP Group is trying to destroy Trump. Have you heard anything about that? Um, well, there is a, there's a, uh, maybe it's the super PAC that's, uh, uh, that's sort of allied with Governor John Kasich of Ohio. They've started some ads that sort of take a hit at Trump. You've got some other ads out there. I would assume that now in the next, 
you know, maybe it might not really start out until after Christmas, you know, Herman, once we get through the holidays. But I would think you've got to see somebody, whether it's an outside group or another candidate, start to really take off after Trump with negative ads and running them in Iowa and New Hampshire especially. And I still think that that could be one of Trump's Achilles heels in that he has not responded with his own ads. He's great with getting free publicity. But, you know, as we get closer and closer toward the people actually voting, are you going to be able to do that, or do you have to fight back with that paid media? I still think that's going to be a test for him. But, yes, there are certainly groups out there that I think will start taking even uh, a stronger aim at Trump in the weeks ahead. Very good. These two VA officials, aren't these the same two that testified before Congress, and now they aren't going to be fired for misdeeds? Well, they didn't testify before Congress. That was one of the big things, was they took the fifth. There were two of them a few weeks ago. It was sort of... Uh, uh, obscured by other big news stories that were going on. But uh, it's a really interesting story I wrote about on my blog that you can find at JamieDupree.com. And, and basically what it is is these two orchestrated, they pushed out directors of certain VA field offices and, and pushed them out so they could take those jobs and for themselves even though it was a lower-level responsibility, they uh, kept their higher rate of pay and were able to get about $200,000 each in relocation expenses paid for by the federal government. Investigators looked into this and said that they basically misused their positions of authority for their own personal benefit. The two people, uh, they, Diana Rubens and Kim Graves are their names, they were hauled before the Congress, before the Veterans Affairs Committee a few weeks ago, and they took the fifth. Okay, everybody's allowed to take the fifth. They, you know, that's, that's perfectly within your rights. It does, though, have a negative connotation to it yeah. when you're refusing to yep. answer questions from the Congress. On Friday, the VA announced that the, the two of them would be demoted. They would be moved out of those jobs, but they would not be fired. And basically, you had groups from the American Legion and others and members of Congress sort of throw their hands up and say, Really? You can't fire them for this? The, and, and the chairman of the committee, Jeff Miller of Florida, simply said in a statement, if you're not going to be able to fire somebody for something like this, then any efforts really to reform the VA are, are going to be basically impossible to do. So for a lot of lawmakers and outside veterans groups, this is another example in their mind of the VA talking a big game about reform, but then when it comes down to it, not getting rid of people that they think should be axed. Well, can't Congress pass legislation to untie the hands of these officials in order to be able to be accountable and, and basically fire people they like this? They thought they had crazy. done that already. They thought they had already given the uh, VA sufficient leeway, but then they found that their reform law, sort of the VA looked at it and decided they didn't want to use it in that way. You know, I think it speaks to a larger thing, Herman, and actually I have to say I'm surprised that the Republicans in Congress have not produced legislation yet and moved on it in committees, whether the House or Senate to do a broader reform of how the civil service rules apply to federal workers. I mean, we joke about it here in D.C., and I've said it before on the air. Uh, the joke is always, you know, you could murder someone as a federal employee and you'd never lose your job. Uh, you know, there are a lot of limits, and, and rightly so. You don't want people just coming in and firing people indiscriminately, sort of the old spoils system that we used to have. On the other hand, I think there are a lot of people here who feel like something needs to be done along those lines. We'll see if there's a, a bigger push from the from the uh, VA committees in the months ahead. The last time I saw Robert McDonald, who's head of the VA, do an interview, 
he looked noticeably frustrated because some of these same similar questions, although not about this particular incident, came up. Well, uh, he thinks they've done a great job, and and yet uh, he he gets very frustrated when lawmakers say, "No, you're not. You're not doing enough." Well, when you're not firing people who do stupid stuff, that that, that they aren't doing enough. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who upset. They feel like that if you had a regular job in the private sector in a regular company, uh, you'd be out the door, not still eligible for your pension, not still on the federal payroll. You'd be out the door, not today or tomorrow, but yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jamie. See you, Herman. Yeah.